Right, we're recording, so um, I can start. <clears throat> Good afternoon, everybody, and um, welcome to the Land Sites interview program. I'm Ramsey Asal. I'm the CEO and founder of the Land Site, and I'm joined here today by Ian Humphreys, who is the CEO and founder of Brickflow. Welcome, Ian. Um, I um, I know that. Uh, you guys have produced a very comprehensive white paper on um, housing and land and planning. It's a very comprehensive paper, and we're here to talk about that today. Um, so, um, Ian, tell us what the white paper is and uh, why you felt the need to publish it now. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Ramsey. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, we, we published a white paper called Solving the UK's Housing Shortage. Um, we it was ourselves and there's sort of 12 notable um, contributors, co-authors, if you like. So people like Knight Frank and PwC, as well as some of the lenders that are on the Brickflow platform. For anyone that doesn't know, Brickflow is a, a digital marketplace for brokers and borrowers to meet lenders online for commercial real estate finance. So that's our, our main business. Um, and when we set up the business, our one of the original outcomes that we hoped to achieve was that we would enable more property to be built by increasing the access of funding to uh, property developers and investors. So that was one of the outcomes we wanted. So this is something that's always been close to my heart and something as a business we've always thought about whenever we've made any um, decisions in internally, strategically. So, um, the solving the UK's housing shortage, it's estimated that there is a shortage of 4.75 million homes in the UK, and that's growing year on year. Um, and we are delivering, um, well, a, a paltry sum. I think last year it was sub 200,000, again, net new homes. Um, I think this year is meant to be the lowest uh, in the last 10 years. Um, so we're simply not building enough homes. And I think the the reason behind the paper was essentially to try and do the government's job for them. Um, the you know, you'll you'll probably remember back when when Boris bless him was was back in power. Um, there was the mantra build, build, build. And um the idea was to build three hundred thousand homes a year. Well, we've not done that recently we've not done that for decades i think you have to go back to just after the second world war since we built that level of new housing um so it was an unachievable target but i think where we get frustrated and where the industry gets frustrated is there is actually no meat on the bones with these plans so there's great rhetoric um and the labor party in their in their recent conference also talked about delivering 1.5 million new homes in the first five years of, of their government if they if they get into power next year. And um, again, so that 300,000 figure, you know, 1.5 over um, five years is 300,000 a year on average. So again, that 300,000 figure is something both parties are latching onto, but there is zero plan as far as we can see with either party as to how they would go about delivering that. So the white paper is the private sector's attempt to lay out in in pretty simple um, format as to as to how that actually is achieved. 
Yeah, and I and I, I notice in the white paper, and we've been reading about it, um, there's been uh, perhaps 12 housing secretaries, is it, or something like that over the period of this? No, I, I, think, it's, uh, is, I think we're on to 16 now in oh, 13 years. Yeah, so and and the current housing secretary is um is having his second attempt because he was in for seven weeks when Liz Truss was um uh, in power and then uh, lost the position. Um, so yeah, it's it's something that is not treated very seriously. Um, by it's seen as a bit of a stepping stone to bigger portfolios. Um, and I think that really is emblematic of the problem is is that it's not taken seriously um and that lack of leadership and and lack of seriousness is is effectively waterfalls down and is why we've got the problems that we have or one of the reasons yeah yeah interesting one of one of the barriers you identify of course is funding and in, in addition to the various government schemes we're sticking with the government um, how can Brickflow and, and, and the rest of the private sector help to improve access? Yeah, so it's interesting, actually. So um, the Federation of Master Builders um, do a, or House Builders Federation, I should say, sorry, they do a survey every every year around what are the barriers to SMEs building new homes. And um, if you look back sort of five, six years ago, Funding was always in the in the top two or, or top three answers. Um, whereas now that that's kind of fallen down that list. And I'd love to say that's all because of Brickflow, but that simply wouldn't be true. But I think that fundamentally, funding has definitely improved, like access to funding. Uh, there are more lenders around. There's more capital coming into the into the UK from overseas. Um, you know, we have a unique set of circumstances we're a small country we're densely populated um and our housing shortage crisis is is probably the biggest in in the western world um so you know there you can see why that would be attractive to to external investors so you the the, the amount of funding um is uh is, is is definitely improved um the things that come up now more on that survey are actually around planning which we, we can touch on in a second. That's really, I think, the fundamental problem that pe people are finding. But certainly on um, the funding side, I mean, with with Brickflow, the idea is is we're bringing, we're condensing that information, we're indexing the market because whilst anyone can find a funder, the difference between finding the right funder and any funder is huge, right? So. On a development scheme where perhaps you're borrowing several million pounds, you know, a differential in arrangement fees um, and interest rates and leverage can amount to hundreds of thousands of pounds. Um, and so what we're very keen to um, promote to, to our users is that actually every, every lender is going to approach every project slightly differently and come up with a different loan amount. So... By, by using technology um, and shopping around, you're actually going to come up with a much better solution and able to scale your business quicker and, and you know, get into bigger projects sooner if that's what you want or run multiple projects at the same time and actually get a much better return on capital because that's really the key driver for, for these businesses. 
Yeah, because your platform is is unique and it's offering up with you know one point of entry with the data that that developer or builder's got um, when when looking at a, a project, and then you're offering up multiple opportunities for them to get funding, aren't you? I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's pretty 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 impressive. Yeah, it's it. I mean, from for most people, the the funding dance, if you like, is is something that takes weeks, months. Um, and I would still say the majority of people still come up with the wrong solution or the wrong partner. If we're using the dance analogy, um, they they come out with somebody that isn't lending them um, the amount of money they want. That they, if you think about it, the the lender is center of the journey. You know, lender, here's my terms, take it or leave it. Um, and if you look at anything else that we do on a day to day basis, any other good or service. The customer is center of the journey. And really, that's what we're trying to do is, is make the customer center of the journey. If you've got a project, if you're a developer, you know, a d developers, investors, are quite often they're providing personal guarantees on these loans. You know, they're, they're actually risking bankruptcy every single time they go into one of these loans. And so the market should serve them better than it currently is. Um, and we believe technology is, is the way to do that. Yeah, good, good. And talking about land and uh, planning, I know obviously a question that's very relevant to our particular audience is, is the shortage of land supply and how it impacts house building. In, yep. in your opinion, uh, Ian, what, what needs to be done to improve access for land developers and uh, and anybody who wants to build, really? Yeah. Well, the, the, the mo one of the most surprising stats that came out for me is that 90% of the land in the UK is undeveloped. Yeah, only 0.2% is available for development. Yeah. So, you know, an infinitesimally small amount of the undeveloped land is actually available. So house, the, the housing shortage is, is actually caused by land shortage. Um, what happens is, is that, you know, there's a lot of competition for sites. Prices get bid up, which then means... That there, if if house prices are of static or falling, like perhaps they they um, do in the downturn as we're experiencing now, then actually the site becomes unviable. Um, so by increasing land supply, you increase housing supply naturally, right? I mean that that just it, one one feeds the other. But there's ways in which the, the private sector can do as much as it can. I think the private sector does as much as it can in this space, but. Fundamentally, planning is is a um, central government, and therefore that filters down to to local government. And the the problems that we're we're seeing is that you know local authorities are now no longer mandated to deliver their five year housing plans. Um, so there's 319 boroughs in the UK, um, and over 60 of them are now no longer producing these five year housing plans um, because they're no longer mandated to. So the problem is the lack of leadership centrally is then filtering down to lo at local level. And you've got this sort of nimbyism, which, you know, is always associated with the Conservative Party and they're coming into an election year and all of those kind of things. So there's a lot of politics. And we're also, you know, it's part of what came out in the white paper is that developers, if they are um, in an area which will um, shift between Labour and, and Conservative uh, uh, council level, they simply don't get the planning decisions. Anything that is controversial, they just don't get. Whereas if something is staunchly conservative or Labour, 
they they seem to have less of that problem. But um, in terms of increasing the land supply, um, you know, the, the planning needs basically strategic investment. We've lost a lot of planning um, expertise and personnel um, in recent years. It's something that local councils cut quickly um, when when their uh, funding is under pressure. Certainly, um, we're still dealing with working from home during COVID. The technology in the sector is practically non-existent. There is still huge amounts of subjectivity. We spoke to people that are, um, were putting in planning applications four streets apart, but they're almost identical. But one was in one borough, one was in the other, and they got completely different outcomes. Makes no sense, you know. So, um, and over twenty percent of applications that are refused get overturned on appeal. But that appeal process takes twelve months. The developers done nothing wrong, but the planning officers interpreted incorrectly the national framework, and then they they have to wait twelve months for it to be overturned. That costs time. That costs money. It's also stopping or increasing the amount of time for delivery of housing to market. But I think one of the things that really um, is quite interesting to me as a quick win is um, something that was mentioned a lot again in the Labour Party conference was around um, what they term the grey belt. Um, so when we think of the green belt, I think um, it's very British to think of like rolling meadow meadows and, and you know, somewhere you might have a picnic, whereas... 13% of the UK is greenbelt, is designated greenbelt. But actually, there's huge amounts of, of um, land in, in that greenbelt, which actually could be built on. So it's things like car parks, you know, disused wasteland, um, uh, land surrounding transport infrastructure that certainly isn't greenbelt that, that you and I probably picture, but is actually absolutely perfect for building on and could be delivered really quickly. So I think an audit of the Greenbelt, um, you know, it's, it's checked that it still is Greenbelt, a national database of land that is available, um, and also just the, the investment in the planning system. You know, the, the construction industry delivers between 8 and 10% of GDP in the UK. And the autumn statement, I feel the Conservatives really missed uh, an opportunity there because... If you if you invested at that at that planning level, um, you would have and you would have a, you would um, promote economic growth, um, and there is an army of of developers happy to build. Um, they just need the planning system to work for them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think planning is 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 a major topic in this area and, and something that's been talked about in the media quite a bit lately and, and I hope some of those things that you put in a white paper um, are adopted and people listen to that and particularly in government and start to implement that. You touched on a um, the, the word technology just now when, when uh, you, you were speaking and um, what type of technology would you like to see as I'm particularly passionate about technology as well um, obviously because of the land site and what we do and our digital mm. uh, infrastructure. But what technology would you like to see really developing to help with the the, the housing crisis and uh, um, going forward? I mean, you, 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 could, you could really go quite big on this, right? Um, I think in just at the simplest level, um, just having 
um, a, a joined up system between all the boroughs would would be would be a start. Um, but as we saw, I think with the NHS system trying to join that up has taken years and hundreds of millions of pounds and it's still not quite working. So that's probably a thought too um, thought too far. But the I think there are certain boroughs around the country that are starting to use technology. So like three D mapping. Um, I think what's really where the quick wins are here is around allowing building the conversion of existing buildings, but allowing building close to infrastructure hubs. So again, if we think back to the Greenbelt, the, the, the problem with the Greenbelt is you've got, especially around London, you you have to jump over the Greenbelt to, to deliver housing. The problem is, is those areas are not as well connected as the areas within the Greenbelt, right? So not only is it the housing cost, it's also the infrastructure cost. Yes. And then is it as desirable because it's not as well connected? So actually, you know, the the where where there probably would be some quick wins is around um, uh, assessing um, what buildings we were actually currently have in our town centres. Um, I mean, certainly we don't need the level of retail space that we previously had. I mean that that's a given. Um, so converting some of that space and the office space that now seems to be vacant um, is is something that we um, uh, should be doing. But so I think any tools that can be developed to identify those opportunities and those quick wins are, are something that that they should be using. Yeah, yeah. All right, brilliant. Very interesting, Ian. Well, um, that's been very useful, very interesting. Um, I've certainly enjoyed reading the white paper. It's very comprehensive. It's it's, and I would encourage anybody um, to, to 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 have a look at it who's got an interest in the real estate market in this in, in this country. Um, and we'll clearly be putting that out there and, and encouraging people to read it. So, the last point is where can people find the white paper? They'll be able to find it on the land site. I know there'll be a yeah. link, but where else um, could they find it and um, get to it and read it? So it's on our website as well. So it's free to download. Head to brickflow.com and download, read at your leisure. And we'd encourage you to share with any other stakeholders in the uh, in the industry. Uh, MPs, we've certainly written to government uh, and we're hoping to see some of these things uh, implemented in the uh, short to medium term. Good. All right. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Ian. That's been um, both enlightening and interesting, and uh, we appreciate your time today. So thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Ramsey. Thanks for the platform. Thank you.